Welcome to the Richard Blackby Leadership Podcast, helping people take their leadership to the next level. Brought to you by Blackby Ministries International. Well, it's good to be back on another episode with Dr. Richard Blackaby. It's good Thanks, to see Sam. you again. It's always good to be with you. Oh, well, that's good. I, I hope your your We're family touched. is doing better. Your your daughter and wife have been kind of under the weather. Hopefully, yeah, yeah. They, I think they are recovering, but it's slow. It's a challenge sometimes when you've got a busy career of your own, and yet you're trying to help your wife or your husband and your child. It's uh, yeah. We're always torn, aren't we? Yeah, it's it's, it's, it's been yeah. a tough week for sure. Uh, and, and recovery is never as quick when you don't sleep a full yeah. uh, night with yeah. the newborn. So, you know, and I just, I, it just reminds me leadership is, is never done in a vacuum. You know, no. it's, uh, if we could just focus entirely on our leadership roles, that'd be awesome. But when we have sick kids, a sick spouse, uh, you, you know, they need you at home. You, you did, you got up in the, the, the night feeding cause your wife was sick and needed the rest. It's, uh, then you hit the ground running, trying to be all the leader that you need to be. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, and it's a you just have to lead in different uh, scenarios, and yeah. they're they're not all the same. And we're just oftentimes we're not at our best, but we still have got to still got to get up and go, step up and do it. Yeah, you know, and just accept that was the best I could do today. Yeah, but, absolutely. Uh, well, today we are looking at. Um, we do these uh, leadership profiles. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you've been listening to the podcast, you know we've we've done quite a few. Um, and today we're looking at at perhaps one of the most recent ish uh, leaders. Uh, we, we've, we've done been. a lot uh, done a lot yeah. back in the day. Seventeen, eighteen hundred leaders. Yeah, you, yeah. you, you <laughs> like the uh, the older the older leaders. <laughs> well, they used swords back then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but today we're looking at. A leader that's quite controversial. Can you yeah. tell us a little bit about who we're looking at today and yeah. why you thought this would be worth looking Well, at? and of course, we've looked at uh, religious leaders. I think the last one was Billy Graham. Yeah. And we've looked at political leaders like Washington, Lincoln, and others. Uh, but Churchill. Also, Churchill. Oh, oh, yeah. I'm surprised that I had to mention this. <laughs> but uh, we we also have looked at some business leaders like uh, Rockefeller and, and, and people like that. And I thought that we might look at a more recent one uh, today in Steve Jobs, hmm. of course, the founder of Apple, uh, who died several years ago now. And his kind of definitive, at least his authorized biography is done by Walter Isaacson, uh, a substantial uh, biography in which uh, Jobs uh, had cancer when he invited I- Isaacson to write this. And he In fact, there's some indications, a number of quotes where Jobs told a number of people over the years he didn't think he would live long, that he would not die of an old age. And he had, I think he just wanted to make sure that uh, someone knew him and had access to all the people and documents around him to write an accurate biography. And so this is it. I'm sure there'll be, certainly there'll be other biographies written by people sort of post-mortem, but... uh, this is the one that Jobs actually authorized, and uh, according to the author, he gave him free reign and uh, didn't, you know, micromanage, which was sort of unusual for Jobs yeah. uh, not to do that. But uh, so, so this is kind of a, where a lot of this material today is taken from that biography. Well, good, and you know, uh, Jobs is obviously was 
incredibly successful. Mm-hmm. There's no doubt he was a visionary. Um, you know, he's just uh, such a, I think, icon of our era, of our generation. Um, but his his character was not always what you'd consider like a leadership character, uh, wasn't necessarily suited for building a company. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about what his personality was like and, and how that uh, kind of played with his yeah. his leadership? Well, look, I think as we've seen with all, all of these, the home of upbringing had a typically has a huge effect on leaders and yeah. jobs I think is no exception. He, uh, he was born, uh, to a couple that at the time, uh, didn't feel like they could keep him. Uh, I'm not, I, don't, I can't remember. I don't think they may even have been married yet when they had him that his dad was, uh, I think 23. They were, he was like, I think a graduate student and, uh, it was inconvenient to, to keep the baby. In fact, I think there was even had entertained some thoughts of aborting him, but uh, hmm. he's born. And so the only stipulation, they decided to put him up for adoption, but uh, the only stipulation was they wanted uh, him to, to go to a family that uh, had college degrees. They wanted him to get educated. Yeah. Um, and so there's a family, uh, I, I think a doctor, a lawyer, professional, is, is set to adopt him. And at the last minute, they back out and said they 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 wanted a girl, and Jobs was a boy. Mm. Uh, and so when he's when he's born, and they find out, oh, it's a boy. We wanted a girl. All of a sudden, they're scrambling to find other adoptive parents. And so ultimately, his dad, Paul Jobs, uh, he's a working man. I think he was had been a sailor in the in the Navy. Uh, he's never been to college. And so at the last minute, the uh, the birth parents sort of back out or start to back out and say, well, no, we, you, you haven't been to college. We want, uh, we want him to have an opportunity to at least go to university because uh, they both were doing graduate work themselves. And so, uh, Paul Jobs basically said, well, I'll, st- I'll, I'll put a fund together and I'll make sure I get my, my son into college. Uh, and so he almost wasn't raised in the jobs home, uh, and it's always interesting, just the quirks of fate and history as you look back. Uh, yeah. You know, uh, later, uh, well, he does get sent to college, uh, Reed College in, uh, I think, Oregon. But um, but he ultimately drops out of college. So he never does graduate from, you know, he's a college dropout, which uh, is kind of interesting. Yeah. Again, some of the most successful people uh, have been college dropouts. Yeah. Uh, I, I think Gates, I don't know that he ever... I can't remember now if he graduated or not either, but I'm pretty uh, sure Zuckerberg didn't graduate. Yeah, they're, so you know, but they're so they're doomed to failure, obviously. But yeah. uh, <laughs> uh, but so Jobs uh, is raised in a blue collar home, and his parents basically it, it becomes very obvious very quickly that Jobs is brilliant. Uh, he he's uh, in fact he at one point they were considering having him uh, skip several grades. Uh, because academically it was just too easy for him. He was bored with what he was doing. I think ultimately they just uh, put him up one grade, but uh, he's always kind of socially awkward, uh, brilliant, but socially awkward. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people uh, claim that uh, Jobs was always had it always had something to prove uh, because as many adopted kids uh, experience, he was always burdened. His parents, his adopted parents were very honest with him and let him know he was adopted, that they had, they loved him and had chosen him, but his, for various reasons, his birth parents had given him up. 
And a lot of people say that uh, that scarred Jobs. Uh, he he was rejected at birth and yeah. uh, was not wanted, and uh, and so he it was as if he had something to prove his whole life mm-hmm. uh, that he was a person of value that he could change the world and and he would prove people wrong that uh, who underestimated what he was capable of doing, and so he it's as if he had a chip on his shoulder his whole life and. Uh, and of course, what's so, so ironic about that is that when he's 23, uh, just the same age as his birth parents were when they had him, he has a child out of wedlock himself. Named, he names her Lisa. And, uh, and he, at first, doesn't even claim any responsibility, does not even acknowledge that he's the father. He, he's battling that at first and ultimately comes around and uh, admits that he's the dad and has a, a tumultuous relationship with that daughter uh, his whole life. And it, it's always one of those ironies. Here's a guy who was deeply hurt uh, because he his parents didn't claim him and they gave him up. And yet when he's the exact same age as his birth father, yeah. he essentially does the exact same thing. He's just not emotionally ready uh, to invest in this child. He doesn't want to marry the mother uh, and so just doesn't want that responsibility to tie him down. Uh, and so you see some character traits in Jobs <clears throat> that you would think would, if he wasn't so brilliant and if he wasn't so passionate, uh, would certainly have done him in. Yeah. Uh, he's uh, very emotional, uh, very emotional. He Oftentimes, as you read this biography, he'll burst into tears. Uh, he cries often. He's just so passionate. Uh and uh, and and there oftentimes he'll lose his temper, and he'll just uh, uh, he'll. In fact, uh, there was a phrase that people used. They they were jobbed, uh, <laughs> which just or, which just basically uh, jobs would just if someone wasn't prepared, someone did a lousy job, someone failed to do what they're supposed to do. Uh, if they came to a meeting unprepared, uh, he would just uh, lambast them and and. And, and his temper could flare up at any moment. Uh, he could be at a restaurant, and oftentimes he would embarrass the people with him because uh, the, they wouldn't get his order right. And uh, and Jobs had a couple of just bizarre, quirky sort of things about him. He was uh, very much, he went and lived in India for a while and studied Hinduism, uh, got into things like uh, meditation, which I don't know ever really worked much for him. <laughs> he also became uh, a vegan, and uh, and so that caused him some challenges. At times, he, at one point, he thought if he just ate lots of fruit and vegetables in a vegan diet, he, at one point when he was younger, he he thought and claimed that uh, that that he didn't need to bathe or or use deodorant. That. Uh, his high fruit, high vegetable content diet made it so he didn't smell. And people finally had to assure him, no, that was a flawed theory. <laughs> that, uh, yeah. They, no one wanted to, that he stunk. And, uh, you know, he'd have these kind of quirky things. And so he'd be in restaurants and, uh, um, and, and when they didn't get his order exactly according to his specifications, he might hurl the food back at them and hmm. raise his voice and uh, yell at what incompetence uh, that he was experiencing in the restaurant. And so he, you know, there were some sides of him that uh, were, were certainly not attractive at all. And yeah. you'd look at that and just say, and in some ways it was like he was always looking for a father figure. 
he would bring in various people that he, he'd come right out and say, I need uh, your wisdom. I need your experience around me. I want to learn from you. But he was never really very good at submitting to other people. Yeah. Uh, he, in fact, uh, he was kind of famous for rejecting rules, uh, wanting to do things, to be in control. A, a lot of people said because he was given up at birth, uh, he didn't even, you know, he couldn't even stay with his birth parents. Uh, that his whole life he was had a desperate need to be in charge, so that he couldn't get bushwhacked, and that people couldn't yeah. just abandon him. Um, that if it looked like someone might abandon him, he could abandon them first. And so, it, he he was a rebel in many ways. Uh, he didn't like being told what to do. He he never got a license plate for his car, uh, and uh, he and he would he'd drive a hundred miles an hour and get pulled over. Uh, and told you, he could have had his car impounded at the time, and uh, he would uh, get his ticket, and then he'd take off and drive it right back up to 100 miles an hour as he was leaving. And uh, he, uh, you know, at the Apple uh, plant, he he didn't want to have a, uh, a a reserved parking place for the CEO, but then he also felt perfectly uh, free to park in the handicapped parking. And, uh, you know, it's like, no, I don't want to... Uh, stand out and and have my own VIP CEO parking stall, but then he'd park in handicap or if he was in a hurry and not have any qualms at all about not following the rules. It was as if the rules didn't apply to him. Mm. Uh, he was in a hurry uh, to get things done and uh, just did not want to be constrained, did not want people to tell him what he couldn't do. And so, you know, that like so many leaders, the very thing that becomes our weakness can also be what's our strength. And because he doesn't conform to what can be done, uh, he breaks a lot of rules uh, in business, and he has a, all kinds of trend-setting things that he's the first to do. Uh, yeah, I think if you weren't a rule breaker, you probably would never have invented iTunes or the iPhone, uh, the iPod or the iPad, or uh, you know, so many things that we, people told him it would never work when he made his first Apple store. Uh, that that there are just a number of reasons why that that model would never work, uh, and yet his his uh, Apple store in New York in Manhattan, I've been I've been to that store. Uh, it it was outselling every other store in Manhattan, uh, including all the Fifth Avenue uh, exclusive stores. Yeah, uh, and so over and over again when he's when he's with Pixar and they make movies like Toy Story. Uh, it's, you just keep looking at him saying, how did you know to invent that? How did you know to do that? Um, well, part of it was the same thing that caught the, the, the same thing that made him park in handicapped parking yeah. and drive hundred miles an hour and not ever get a license plate for his car, uh, is the same thing that also helped him revolutionize business. Wow. Well, let's take a quick break here and we'll wrap up when we come back. Bob Royal and Richard Blackaby recently wrote a book called Spiritual Leadership Coaching. It integrates the life-changing biblical insights from experiencing God with training in 12 essential coaching skills that will enhance your ability to have transformational conversations. Use the promo code PODCAST at checkout to receive an additional 10% off the book at blackabystore.org. Well, Richard, uh, I'm going to ask an obvious question here. Um, Given all of the quirks and and issues that Jobs had, uh, how would you say he is as a role model for for business leaders today, as an example to follow? 
Well, you know, that's a really difficult one because there's lots of ways he treated people that you would say, don't treat people that way. Yeah. You know, don't curse people out. Don't just jump up in the middle of a presentation and storm out of the boardroom because you just think that the people presenting are all incompetent and stupid. You know, it's uh, yeah. uh And so he, there's so many things he does that, and, and there are times he just would be outright unethical. Uh, you know, he his uh, uh, partner as they began Apple was. Uh, a much more honest person, much more generous person. Jobs is not really known for his philanthropy. Uh, at times he basically doesn't tell the truth. Uh, at times he's selfish and holds on to things so he can be in charge. Uh, at times he, he always wants to be first, the number one person. Uh, it's uh, He's just driven by that. Uh, but on the other hand, he also... Because he's driven, he's driven for things to be the best. And he just hates compromise. He he wants things to be uh, done perfectly, you know. Things he 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 said uh, things like uh, you know that I think uh, were interesting. He says simplicity is the ultimate sophistication. Hmm. You know, he would say things like that, and so even the like the way uh, the, the way they put the motherboard together in a computer, he wanted it to be done artistically aesthetically pleasing. Even though you would never see that, you you'd, you'd never yeah. see the motherboard, uh, and. Of course, a lot of his equipment, you, uh, you you couldn't open it up. He didn't want you tinkering with his masterpiece. Uh, that's why he had a closed system. Uh, he, he, he didn't want people having add-ons to his system that could lower the standard or, or introduce uh, viruses. Uh, of course, Bill Gates had the complete opposite approach. He wanted it to be very shareable so that uh, lots of other people could be inventing stuff that could be used with his products. But... Uh, uh, Jobs had the opposite approach. I want to complete control so no one yeah. can mess up what I've done. Even the way he packaged a laptop or any of his equipment, he wanted it to be an experience, just opening up your box. And, yeah. and everything was uh, wrapped up and placed in an aesthetically pleasing way. It was it was like opening a Christmas present. Yeah. When you opened up your new... We've had those experiences, you and I. Yeah. We've opened up Apple products. Well, anyone who's opened an iPhone, uh, you know, even that slow release of the top off of the box, <laughs> yeah. like, that's intentional yeah. to build this anticipation as yeah, you it's get a, your new product. He was masterful at that. And because he... Uh, because he just was driven for excellence, uh, it you know it he could be rude and unkind to people, but uh, but in the, the same time, uh, many of the people who worked next to him said it was the best experience of their life. I mean, they might have gotten cursed out, they might have yeah. worked late nights trying to meet deadlines that he imposed on them, but then he also made people feel really proud of the fact that they had made something they could be proud of, that they had revolutionized an industry. Uh, yeah. that they were anyone who was a part of the first iPhone or the first iPad or some of those things, iPod, uh, they they always look back with pride to say I was a part of that. And so he instilled into his folks a, a pursuit of excellence and pride that they were changing the world. Uh, and, uh, and and so he got the best out of his people. and and of course, that's why they it seemed like every new release was earth shattering. Uh, and uh, he had a great way of presenting new products that yeah. made it uh, an extravaganza. Uh, and uh, and so a lot of those kind of things, uh, you know, and again, he, he wasn't himself necessarily a great programmer. 
he didn't himself invent a lot of things, but he knew how to get great people around him and he knew how to recognize a good idea. And oftentimes people would say, okay, here it is. And he would just in, intuitively know, I know this isn't right yet. There's, there's, we've got to solve this. There's got to be a better way. And he would want things like, for instance, maybe on the, 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 the glass surface of an iPhone. He'd want something that was basically indestructible. And, and so people would end up, in, they'd say, well, that, this is the best we've got. This is what everyone uses. And he would say, well, I don't want what everyone else uses. Let's invent something. And he wouldn't always know how to invent it himself, but he would know how to drive people to, to invent things. Yeah. And, uh, and, and so there's no, it's not really a surprise necessarily that Apple uh, became the, the number one wealthiest company, most valuable company in the world uh, by the way he drove them to excellence. Uh, but, you know, of course, what the, the same thing that drives him to excellence is also what can uh, be his downfall. Yeah. And, and so, for instance, uh, when he's first diagnosed with cancer, he, he, he had this desperate need to always be in control. So it, it, the doctors and his wife are urging him to have, have surgery, get them to remove that, uh, that tumor, that cancerous uh, material in you. In you. And, but he wants to be in control. He, he said at the time, I just didn't want somebody opening, cutting me open and messing with my body. So I'm going to, he's going to use fruit diets and pat fasts and all kinds of Hindu sort of remedies. And, uh, a year or so later, the cancer's spread. It, it, what he tried to do didn't work. Uh, and so ultimately he agrees, uh, uh, grudgingly to let the doctors do certain things, but he always wants to be in control. And yeah. so the same desire to be in control that caused him to have this very valuable, uh, famous company can also have its downfalls. And, uh, in fact, at one point he's having going to have surgery and, and the doctors are putting a, a oxygen mask over him and he didn't like the design of the mask. And so he actually insisted that they bring him four or five different options of oxygen masks so he could decide which one he wanted to use while he's unconscious, having surgery done. <laughs> Literally, like, I'm not going to put a mask on that looks that ugly. Like, who designed this thing? At one point, he's got uh, the doctors coming in to all kind of discuss together their next steps in his treatment. And one of the doctors is showing a PowerPoint uh, presentation to Jobs. And, of course, he invented his own Apple version of PowerPoint. And so he stopped the doctor. The doctor is trying to show him, here's how we're going to fight for your life. And uh, Jobs stops him and tells him about how Apple has a much better presenter than that. And he'd be glad to tutor the doctor on how to use the Apple product so he can make better presentations. <laughs> and, it, and it's like, Jobs, like, we're trying to save your life here. Uh, and, but the, so the same quirkiness, uh, I guess what I would just say is, you know, it's just hard to duplicate someone like him. Yeah. Uh, he Passion drove him at times to absurd limits and, and may in some ways even have ended his life prematurely because he just had to be in control. Uh, he may have, might have lived longer if he had just immediately submitted uh, to the doctors and yielded to their uh, traditional approaches. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, if he'd also yielded to all the traditional approaches, he would never have created an Apple computer as well. Uh, and so, you know, you look at people like him and, and you see a deeply flawed person, uh, a, a person who knows that 
he doesn't necessarily have a long life to accomplish things. He's a person in a hurry. Yeah. And so that makes him intolerant of people who are wasting his time because uh, he, he knows how valuable his time is and what uh, can be done with his time. So, he, uh, so I mean, he, it means he's rude. He's uh, unkind to people. He's often thoughtless of others. Uh, but then he accomplishes a lot, too. And so he's one of those guys that's very difficult. I, I would not say look to him as a model of how to lead. Yeah. Uh, you know, you can certainly pull some things to say, do things with excellence. Uh, I think passion is an underrated commodity. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you don't have passion, what you're doing, you'll never really achieve excellence. Uh, but that passion, something is just hard to teach. You can't teach someone to have passion. They, they either have it or they don't, uh, but to release it sometimes. And, uh, and to bring the very best out in other people uh, where they, they can, so many people put in years and years at work and have nothing really to be all that proud about except they put a bunch of time in. Yeah. And then others look back at their time working with you and say, those were the best years of my life. They're, the, they're what I'm the most proud of. Mm-hmm. I accomplished more while I worked at that place under that leader than at any other time in my career. And so certainly a lot of things... Uh, to say about Jobs, deeply flawed, that's maybe the last thing to say about him is deeply flawed person that was able to rise above many insecurities, hurts, failures, uh, and yet ultimately to to bring about good uh, for society as well. If you want to call the, the needing whatever the, the latest iPhone is, uh, you know, he famously said, don't just create products that people want uh, create products that people don't even know they need yet, yeah. but they'll be desperate for once you produce them. And who would have ever thought they needed the latest iPhone when, before cell phones were, were popular or an iPad or to get the latest, uh, you know, MacBook Pro or whatever computer. But uh, he invented things no one had ever thought to use before. And after he invented them, no one could imagine living without them. Yeah, that's uh, that's leading an industry that instead of chasing behind, trying to catch up to an industry. Definitely. And so he was a leader of leaders in many ways. You don't necessarily want to lead like him, and that's why he's kind of an oddity. You want to look and say, what can I take from him? Uh, a desire to never settle, uh, a desire to always do the very best that was possible. Uh, an, an ability to get creative people around you and bring the best out of them. Yeah. Um, if you do those things, then even with some real character flaws, uh, you can accomplish much uh, all the same. Well, it's a, it's a fascinating life for sure. And uh, definitely just an icon of our, of our time. And yeah. um, so thanks for walking us through a little bit of the life of Steve Jobs. And hopefully this has been uh, helpful to our listeners to just sort of see what what we can pull out of his life to maybe apply to our own. Yeah. Thanks for listening to the podcast. If this is something you enjoyed, review us on Apple Podcasts and don't forget to subscribe and share with your friends. If you have questions or comments, please email us at podcast at blackbee.org.